It's Oklahoma Archery, everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahomans. Let's get it started. Welcome everybody to another Oklahoma Archery Podcast. We are going at it today. My goodness, we've been seeing this guy all weekend long beat up on us on an indoor tournament. I'm David Bosca. I'm Neil Cooley. And I'm Jeremy Balderrama. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Jeremy, tell everybody where you're out of. Well, first I want to say, man, thanks for having me on here. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm out of Texas, so I, I'm in central Texas. It's a little bitty town uh, just south of Abilene called Brownwood is where I'm, where I'm currently residing, but originally from the Houston area. Oh, boy. Well, you might. I don't think I realize. I'm sorry, Neil. I say he might live said, in Texas. You... Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. There must be just that much of a delay there. We're, we're doing that. Cue the Abbott and Costello routine, everybody. Who's on first? I say Jeremy might, Jeremy might live in Texas, but he wins tournaments in Oklahoma. He was the <laughs> senior male compound champion for this weekend's Frozen Oki tournament, so – he got to he got to come up here, pay gas, pay a hotel, and now he's got to put up with us jokers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was a it was yeah, a great tournament, well, man. They for for throwing it together, they uh, I mean not throwing it together for kind of picking up where where it was before. Um, I mean, man, that was a really well run tournament. I mean, it was everything seemed to go flawlessly. I mean, I I really enjoyed that one. Great. Why don't you let's let's kick off and tell everybody about your equipment you shot this weekend. So um, so I'm shooting the uh, the Bowtech uh, 39, the Reckoning 39 Gen 2 um, in a sweet orange color. Uh, if nobody's seen the orange, it's it's pretty awesome. That I think they just came out with it here recently um, with the uh, got. Uh, I got the Shrewd Optum 40 um, Shrewd RevX uh bars running uh 20 ounces on the front and 21 on the back um i did realize dave after we talked while i was shooting that my draw length was a little too long um i did i'd adjusted some things i'm trying some new stops they're the uh i think it's called shooting shooting time stops um i set them up a little different and i think they were just a hair bit too long and i noticed once i finally got under some pressure uh, but then I was running the um, the Victory uh, VTAC 23 arrows with about 200 grains up front and uh, the Flex Fletch products, uh, FFP, four, uh, not, not the 418s, the 360s um, on there. So uh, they were they were pounding pretty good for for me. That's for sure. What kind of rest do you run with? Uh, I'm running the uh, the Spot Hog, um, in, uh, not the Infinity. It's the uh, the Spot Hog Swap Edge. It's uh, so I can change the change that rest part out without having to actually change the bar on there. So I have one that's set up for my 27s and one that's set up for my 23s right now, which is pretty nice. Is that a drop away or is that just a, a lizard tongue? No, it's a it's a blade rest. So yeah, just the like the lizard like the old school lizard tongue style. They do make one that is a drop away. Um, so it, you can put like a regular blade on there or like a drop away style, but it'd be like, uh, 
it'd be like running the hamski without the actual without the cable that's tied to like your limbs or whatever. It, it has some spring to it. And so uh, so you can actually run that as like a, a drop away type. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you're you said you're from Abilene. I, I shot a little bit down there in Abilene at Buffalo Gap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Years ago. Yeah. Was it was it at the uh, the um, oh what was that the Cabela shoot? No, it was one called Fast um, Future okay. of Archery Sports Teams. Yeah, um, they had one there, Colorado, New Mexico, and I think Nebraska. They had a little tour going on. Um, I, I don't remember if it was before or after it, but and I never quite understood the why they called it. Um, future of archery sports teams when it was still just basic 3d archery it was all single <laughs> no teams or nothing but that's just that was their that's what they called it but huh. and my brother was based at abilene there for a long time and so I, okay. i'd go down and and so yeah yeah so that that's how i got got in down there shooting a little bit yeah 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 so i'm, I'm in brownwood which is actually just like about an hour south of abilene um but abilene's the largest closest town to us and uh i actually used to i was the so i'm the president for the brownwood bow hunters association which we have a we host a 3d qualifier for the texas asa but i was also the treasurer or not the treasurer the secretary for um the abilene bow hunters the one over there in, in buffalo gap um for them as well and uh, they got a great course if anybody's in that area and they're hosting a qualifier over there or they have club shoots I mean, they have large club shoots where there's like 60 something people that I say large. There, there's a good number of people that go out there for a club shoot. Um, and it's like once a month, like the third, third weekend of the of the month, uh, starting in January and going till um, like August. And uh, it's a it's a fun, fun course. I mean, some ups and downs, uh, beautiful terrain. I mean, it's a it's a great place. Speaking of ups and downs, Jeremy, you shoot indoor real well. I know you've dabbled in 3D a little bit, and I know you shoot real, really good field scores. What's your favorite kind of archery to shoot, and why? Dude, I love field. Like so, so I mean, a lot of people don't, I guess, don't necessarily know this. Um, I've only been shooting for like this is my the end of my third year uh, of shooting archery, um, well, tournament style archery, and so. Uh, so I started with started with 3D. Um, I, I enjoy 3D. 3D is fun, but it was like you know you go out there, you spend four hours, and you only shoot like for Texas, it's 30 arrows, and then for like the the national stuff, you're shooting 40 arrows in two days. So so 20 arrows a day, and you're spending three or four hours out there on the course. Um, Indoor is not bad. I, I look at it as like a necessary evil. But uh, my, my all-time favorite is, is field. Field is just so much fun because it's like uh, Dave Cousins puts it the best way. And it's, uh, it's basically like it's the accumulation of every part of archery that you can look at in one tournament. Because you're you're having to calculate your angles. You're having, <clears throat> you're having your, your side slope shooting. You have your downhills, uphills, you have, uh, you know, your cuts and everything, your different lights. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it's a great, great, so much fun game. And it's, 
it's sad to me that there's not as many people that shoot it anymore as there used to be. Like, I mean, I've, I've heard stories of, you know, 2000 people showing up for field nationals and it just being completely packed. And now it's, you know, 400, 500 archers for field nationals. It's just, it's, it's terrible to me that it's kind of, kind of fallen off. And I really hope it starts picking back up and there's been more people that have been finding it again and, and kind of coming out. I know, I know as far as like the Texas Field Archery Association, uh, the the TFAA, um, they had record numbers last year. Uh, they had a record number for state come out where, I mean, I don't think they could have fit another person on, on a stake out there, uh, which is great. It's great to see. So uh, if anybody hasn't tried field archery, I would highly recommend it. Well, I'm all about it. Tell I know Dave's ready to go for it some more. Yeah. Well, tell us all about what you want to do with this Bowtech, maybe, and bring in what you shot last year for your field. What, 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 what's your plans for a field setup? So, uh, so last year I was shooting the, I was shooting the, the Dominator Duo. Um, I like the bow. Um, I have no, no problems with, with the, with the Duo. It, it shot great. I shot some really good scores with it, but it was, it just seemed like I, on the execution, it seemed like I had to force the shot, not necessarily like dump the trigger or punch it or anything like that. It just seemed like I had to work more to get the to shot to go off um, how I wanted it to. Um, with the with the Bowtech, it seems like it just I mean, it, it's like butter. I mean, it just goes off very easily with very minimal work. Um, so I'm excited to see that on the actual on the field range, because for field, you know, you shoot. Uh, like a minimum of, I think it comes out to like 6.2 yards. So I think it's like 20, 20 feet, something like that, um, all the way out to 80 yards. And so there's a lot of, a lot of variation between all those. So I'm excited to, to see how that Bowtech handles under pressure and everything on shooting those longer distances, um, holding, holding in the center more. Like I've noticed that I can, you know, really stabilize it up and, and hold pretty well in the center, especially for the indoor side. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see how that kind of transfers over to field. Um, I'm already looking at, you know, with Texas, we don't have uh, very harsh winters. So I'm already looking at starting to set up my arrows and everything, get that all prepared for, uh, for field next year. Um, because that starts uh, in April here. Uh, we'll start shooting our, our little leagues and stuff for field um, that goes towards state. And then uh, mainly it's also to prepare for uh, going to shoot uh, field nationals. I'm going to go to field nationals for the first time and be shooting in the pro class there. So I, I just joined the pro class, um, decided to make a jump and, and dive in the deep end and join the uh, join the pro class uh, back in uh, July. So uh, so I'm excited about that and excited to uh, to, to learn some stuff and, and, you know, see how I can do clarification for everyone out there jeremy came up and shot the field sectionals against us and whipped us all so bad he said this is not even fun i'm going <laughs> pro because these guys are just not even challenging me is is the polite way of saying what he just told you is he came up oh, to oklahoma and spanked us so good that he said you know what i'm gonna go run with the big dogs no, I mean, I, you know, we shot with that, uh, with Colby Crooks and everything over there. And I was, I wasn't too far behind him on score. And I know that he's been, a he's been in the pro class for a while and he was shooting amazing. 
And after seeing that and seeing how I was doing, I was like, man, I can, I can do that. I mean, I can shoot better. I mean, I like, I had a couple of, a couple of mishaps, um, some, uh, some, some little issues and things that happened here and there, you know, things that, that could have been, that were just overlooked on my, my case, um, that I learned lessons from. So I know to, to look at, pay attention to the little things to make sure that it doesn't cause any issues later on. Um, like I had a, a, a glue issue. Um, I'd use some old glue on some veins. Um, and I had one, like two arrows that my vein, like my vein came off and like the glue, like, and the reason why I know it wasn't the vein, cause you know, some people are like, Oh man, the vein fell off because it's the veins fault. No, it was my fault because I used old glue. The glue was still sticky on the, like it was still liquid on the arrow shaft. So I knew that I'd use that old glue and that it just didn't ever dry under there. And so I had one come off like mid flight on like a 50 yarder and I mean, just smoked the bottom of the bale. And so, uh, so it was just my fault on that. It was just little things here and there that I learned, but I, I learned that I can, you know, I can hang with some of those guys and looking at some of the scores that I shot this year, um, especially like state and everything and looking at some of the scores that the the pro shot for um, for the field nationals like man I I could be you know somewhere in the middle of the pack for I mean my first year shooting field on there I was like I'm, I'm only gonna get better uh, so I, I decided just to go ahead and just take the plunge but now there's some really good really good guys in that in that amateur class that that shoot really really well um, especially like i I lost uh, state this year to a kid named Logan Hamilton. He uh, went off and I don't know if anybody paid attention, but um, he went off one state uh, for Texas for field and then went to field nationals and won field nationals. Uh, so I wasn't too far behind him in the first place at, at state. So I have, a, I have a good feeling about this year. I, I know you're going to, I know you're going to do well. I What's know that first set up. What's that? Go ahead, Dave. I I was asking. Okay, I was asking. What's your field arrow setup? Uh, so my field arrow setup. So I'm running um, the the Victory um, Vaps, the Vap Target arrows. Uh, I'm running the Smith Brothers 140 grain breakoff points. I'm running it with 140 grains up front. Um, this year I was, or this past year, I was running them a little short. I was running them at like, I think 27 inches. So they were very, very stiff. Uh, and then I had uh, the Flex Fletch uh, 200s, the FFP 200s on there, which is, it's like the 187s. They're, they're a low profile vein, but they were a little bit longer than the 187s, which gave me a little bit more stability at that longer distance. And um, I did, I did some testing where I, where I shot kind of out in the wind with the cross breeze and the, the arrows with the 140 up front and the 200 or the, the FFP 200s on the back hit closer to the center than an arrow or than some arrows that I had set up where it was 120 up front with the 187s on the back. They hit further over that a little bit more wind drift with them. Uh, so I felt like that that heavier point kind of directed them towards the target a little better, and that the little bit longer of a vein helped stabilize that arrow and helped it keep true. I'm gonna I'm gonna combine your stories with one another from our our field sectional adventures from this year, 
he said you had 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 a couple of veins come off. We get around if y'all have ever shot the Trosper field, the twenty five and the twenty are some of the last ones. And uh, Jeremy was shooting a three fletch, and for the the close targets where you know you're shooting <laughs> at a single dot, he pulls out his arrows that only have two veins on them and smokes them in the middle. I mean, you couldn't put him any middle in there. He goes. Yeah, and I, I think that really sh- probably shows your setup is tuned the right way if you can shoot a three or a two vein configuration at those close ones where you know you might have a little bit of arrow damage coming your way on the last yeah. two shots. Um, that was that was impressive because I, I, I thinking about now like, well, maybe I ought to go to a three flush instead of a four just for that very reason alone. We get to the short stuff and he goes, oh, it's going right in the middle. It doesn't matter at all. Watch this. So that yeah. was cool. You taught you taught us something. I'd never seen that done. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to tear up my veins anymore. <laughs> it's a little stuff like it's a little stuff like that that gets you through the day. Um, and, you know, you came out of that first round, and I was like, "Man, this Jeremy guy's good." And you looked over, you're like, "I've never shot this bad ever." I'm like, "Uh oh." <laughs> then I think I think we did the math on the the end of it, and I was sitting there adding years up, and I was like, "We only dropped like one the whole round." That's easy. That's a pretty easy math to do. You're like, I'm back. This is good. Now we're now we're rolling. So yeah. I, I I knew we had a problem on our hands at, at that moment. It was a man. They had a good course over there, too. I really liked it. Minus the ticks and that uh, that awful um, storm siren that y'all didn't tell anybody about that went off at noon. Right. Whenever people were at mid draw. Uh, yeah. Other than those two things, it was it wasn't too bad. It was a nice, nice course. We had to be 40 yards from it. I, I mean, it's it's right down there on the corner of, of where we shoot at, and we were probably the closest bail right at noon on uh, Saturday when it starts when it starts going off. So yeah, that is a uh, that's that's that that one's kind of hard to deal with, but we got yeah. it. We got through it. Kinda. I still think I'm a little deaf from that siren. Is how close we were. <laughs> probably deaf for me talking to you the whole time. <laughs> no man that was all right i like i like to talk <laughs> well i know we're still a ways out from field so we'll probably try to try to get back to get get back to indoor how how, how do you look and feel and shoot comfortable when you, you're because you're doing pretty good amount of traveling to come up to oklahoma you're getting ready to go to vegas how are you keeping your concentration how what are you walking yourself through in between arrows so man honestly um, and I mean, you could talk or you could ask Kyle, uh, Anderson and Chris Sanders and all them, dude, I, you just gotta, I'd talk about anything, but what we're doing, try to at least, because the last thing that I really want just sitting on my mind is, oh man, I, you know, pretty close to dropping a nine on that one or man, I'd have, and for that, for that USA shoot, you know, I mean, nines were pretty easy to come by whenever you're just shooting at that baby X with 23s. So it's like, you know, you don't want to think about the bad shot or or the almost bad shot that you had just a minute ago. So I try to focus on anything but, you know, talk about, you know, a baseball game or cars or something else. Just try to keep your mind off the off the thing that you're, you know, trying to do, I guess. <laughs> Have it all done subconsciously. You're the only Houston Astros fan that wants to talk about baseball I've met. (laughs) Hey, it's because I know they'll come back. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say geeking out on arrows. What 
what do you do to tune your arrows or to pick your arrows, pick your tips? Do you go through a process? So you probably won't like it. Uh, not so much. Um, so, so what, I, so what I did, um, as far as my arrows, uh, for my 23s and my 27s. So the job that I'm current, the job that I currently have, I have a lot of time on my hands. Um, mainly because I'm driving equipment or driving a tractor and shredding a field or something like that. So I, I have a lot of, a lot of spare time to just listen to things. So I listen to literally every single bow junkie podcast that I could possibly listen to as far as like the target side. And whenever I did that, I noticed there was a trend. He was talking to, and you know, back in the day, um, I say back in the day, like three, four years ago, um, he was talking to these people about their indoor setups and their indoor arrows and everything. And the trend that I saw mostly was for 27s, people were running them 30 inches long with about 250 to 270 grains up front and about a four inch three flesh vein on the back. And so I was running shorter, uh, a shorter arrow. Um, I talked to Blake Jerome about it. He recommended shooting a, a short arrow that was just at the end of the rest. And uh, I shot it well. I mean, I shot it pretty decent. And so I was like, you know what? I have some 27s at the house. I'm just going to try the 30 inch. And I had uh, some weights and everything so I could set up a, a point that was at 250 grains and uh, and just give it a try. So I, I set up an arrow, put it all together and started shooting and shot like a 300 with like 27 X's on the first game. And I was like, okay, there seems to be something with this recipe that everybody has ran for a while. And I know it was with, uh, you know, it was more than likely most of them back or at that time were running, uh, you know, aluminum shafts versus carbon shafts. And so I, I kind of took that into consideration, but, um, after running that for, for a while, I, uh, I decided to, uh, just go ahead and run with it. And so I ran with that. Well, then I listened to another one where it was, um, Oh goodness, his name's spacing right now. Uh, I think his first name is Paul. Um, he was a, another guy. He uh, he was talking with him, and he was talking about 23s and that he was getting ready for some USAT stuff and was going to be shooting some indoor 18 meters. And uh, he was running a, a 20, I think it was a 28 or 29, 29 inch uh, 23 with about 200 grains up front and that it was shooting great. And so I was like, you know what? I listened to the other thing. Let's try this. So I threw it together, shot and shot amazing. And that's the arrows that I'm running right now um, with. I mean, it's they they run. I love them. I mean, I absolutely love how they were how they were hitting. I am trying something different now. Uh, I, I went ahead and cut about two inches off my 27s. Um, I'm running about 28 inches on those uh, 27s right now just to kind of test that. And um it's kind of a midpoint between what my arrows were to, well, I say from what the shorter arrows were and what the longer arrows were, it's kind of a midpoint between. So I was going to give that a run and kind of see how that is. You think there's over your rest and everything. How far out over your rest, how far out is your tip from your rest? So my, on the my old setup. Yeah. So my, so my draw length is, uh, so my draw length is about 27 and seven eighths is currently what I'm running it at. And, um, and so with a 30 inch arrow, it's way out there. I mean, it's, you know, 
past, I mean, it's probably about five, four or five inches past the rest is where, where the point is. Um, because with the, because the other arrows that I was running, the shorter ones, I want to say they were like 26. They're about 26 inches. And I think like the point was like maybe a half an inch away from the, the tip of my blade. Do you think there's more of a recipe for a good arrow for indoor? Or would you more likely say you have to try it out and figure out what the bow likes? Is this a one size fits all kind of recipe or is it a try everything under the sun until you can find something that groups good for you? If you had to pick one or the other. Sorry, man. I think I lost you there for a second. You're you're asking about the, like, is a one time, like a one size recipe kind of thing. Yeah. Is it, is it when you're, when you're making indoor arrows, would you tell other people to start at that point right there and it's going to shoot for you or do you think it kind of depends on how powerful the bow is, how many pounds, how, um, is it a one size fits all kind of thing, or is it just a starting place and you're wanting to test full length aluminums with 300 in the front versus a cut to the blade carbon with 200? I mean, cause I've seen Dave shoot all of them and he just keeps hitting the middle and keeps changing his arrows afterwards. Either way. I, I think it's a, I think it's a test. I, I think everything's a test. Like nothing's just because it works for Dave Cousins or Jesse Broadwater or Levi Morgan or whoever. I don't think it's a it's a one size fits all kind of deal. Um, the reason why I tested the the longer arrows was because I'd never really tried that long of an arrow. Um, the longest arrow that I tried was I think twenty. I think it was twenty nine inches on a twenty seven. Uh, is what I was running originally before I cut them down after talking to Blake. Um, so I, I definitely think it's one of those test it, but I would say start out with the longer arrow, um, mainly because you can always cut some off of it. You can't put it back on. So, you know, to take your longer arrow, put some weight in the front of it, shoot it, see how it does. If it sits there and pounds for you in practice, great. Go to a tournament, test it out there. I'm very, very big on testing under pressure like I'll, I'll go shoot at the house and everything I'll, I'll try some things try some different stuff here and there um, but my main thing is is testing under pressure like whenever I got that Bowtech um, I literally got it at the beginning of November um, I got it on the the very first Thursday of November Friday I shot a tournament I shot a USA archery tournament down at um, down in College Station the Aggie Invitational and was changing things while I was shooting there. Um, I shot in a in a league night on that Thursday whenever I first got the bow. And whenever I did that, I was changing things, testing stuff out, seeing how this felt, seeing how that felt, just under that little bit of pressure um, to just kind of really fine tune it. Because not, I mean, it, it doesn't matter how many, personally, I think it doesn't matter how many arrows you shoot in practice. It's going to be completely different whenever you go shoot under pressure because it's your, your body acts different. The adrenaline is going to make you feel different. It's going to make, you know, your pin look like it's moving like crazy whenever it's really moving the same amount that it was in practice, but it's just getting used to those things and, and kind of seeing how the bow reacts under those pressure situations or how the arrow hits under those pressure situations, which one's more forgivable or which one's more forgivable and which one's not, which one, you know, you, you look and it, 
whenever it goes off, like this weekend, I had one that I could have swore it was going to be a, a nine, eight liner and it was dead center X. And it's just, it, you know, it's just how the, how those arrows have been set up and how I've learned that they're, you know, forgivable for me that I'm going to keep my 23s the same length, but I want to kind of change up my 27s because I've had where it goes off and it goes, it goes off outside the X and it's outside the X um, where, you know, I thought it should be just a little bit further in. Um, so it's just kind of testing some little things here and there on those, but I'm definitely going to be tested under pressure. We'll stay right there on the, on the pressure. Let's walk you through a hypothetical probably more about me than more about probably more, more, more geared towards people that shoot like me than people that shoot like you. They say first two practice ends, six shots, middle, middle, pull your arrows first in for score. You pull the bow back just like you always do. And it's not holding and the hinge is not, you're still shooting a hinge, right? No, I'm shooting a button now. Okay. The button's not breaking and the bow's not holding first error for score. What do you tell yourself? Same thing that I told myself on that very final end. <laughs> so what was uh what was your question again there, Neil? You first error for score after six practice X's. First error for score, you pull the bow back and it's just not holding and it's and the release is not breaking. Walk walk me through mentally what's going through your head. How do you how do you stop the bleeding? So I'm big fan of box breathing. Um what I would what I would do, especially after talking with Dave the other day, is um, it's got it's there's something like for instance at at the uh, at the frozen oaky, um, I was bleeding points left and right on the final final round, and I, I didn't know why. I just kind of I kept shooting everything like my shot still felt great, my pin was moving the same amount that it was, and I just wasn't finding center, and um, I wasn't really sure what was going on but I was using a lot of box breathing. I was making sure that I was trying to keep myself under control where I, you know, wasn't worrying about, Oh man, points, points, points or anything. Dang. Um, I think that froze again. Am I good? Good. Oh, sorry. I thought it froze up again. In and, um, in and out for me. Hear you. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, started, started breathing and everything. And after talking with Dave, he mentioned, um, that what it sounded like that was going on was I wasn't putting enough pressure into the, into the actual bow that I was just relaxing too much and just relaxing that handout. And that's what was, was kind of causing some of my, some of my issues. So um, it's always great to have somebody that you can confide in that you can talk to and kind of, you know, bounce some ideas off of. Um, so, so that would probably be an after the end kind of thing, but at that moment would just basically, you know, Calm yourself. If you're at full draw, let down. If you got time, let down. Refocus yourself. Um, definitely breathe. Try to focus on something else. Think of, you know, run through your whole, run through your whole shot process in your head as you're as you're doing it. So like coming, you know, lifting your bow up, coming to full draw, getting to your anchor, setting into your peep. Am I centered on my on my housing? Is my bubble level? You know, then, you know, focus on your on the actual target. And then, you know, nine times out of 10, you have some sort of saying or something like a song that you hum or or something that's supposed to calm you down. Just make sure that you're going over that shot process. And, uh, you know, that nine times out of 10 will will help you immensely just kind of running through those things 
because then it takes your mind off of because most of the time, whenever you have your mind like that, it's because you're thinking of, oh, man, I got to I have to score a 10 or I have to shoot this or, uh, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm bleeding points here. I'm going to lose like you have all that on your mind and you're, you're constantly thinking of that failure. Uh, so you, you need to focus on something completely different where you're not not you don't even have that failure thought in your mind. You're just running through your through your regular shot routine and then boom, it breaks and, you know, let it just let it go. Don't pull up your binoculars. Don't look at where the arrow's at. Don't worry about where the arrow's at. If you have another arrow that you have to shoot, just knock that next arrow, do the same thing and let it go. The analogy I use is a, um, if you ever watch the horse races, they're, they're already running pretty fast, but they still got a little fella on them. I don't mean a little person. I mean, just a small statured human that's absolutely whipping the hell out of that horse going, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. And it's like, he probably don't need to be there. I bet you that horse would even run a little faster without all 90 pounds of that guy sitting on him. But as mm-hmm. I'm rolling through that hinge, I'm thinking, come on, come on, come on, come on, a little, little more, a little more. And I feel like that jockey, you know, everything's doing itself on its own. I'm just the one holding the whip. Yep, exactly. And I mean, that's, and you just got to think, you just got to focus on something else. I mean, if you focus, if you, so there, there's a, or there's, a number of different ways to skin a cat on this. I mean, as far as like how your shot is and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're doing the Joel Turner way or if you're a command shooter or if you're, you know, full subconscious or whatever, um, you know, just remember your, your practice, what you've worked on, on the execution part of it and what you need to focus on and, and everything. Cause if you're sitting there focusing on the score or you're sitting there focusing on, you know, that you want to win um, then, then that's when things just kind of fall apart because you're, you're not focusing on the things that you really need to be focusing on. And that's just the, you know, letting everything out, going through your same shot routine that you're always, that you're used to and not paying attention to the outcome of what, where, what your arrow is going to do. Like, I, I don't even notice, or I don't even know if you noticed, I don't bring binoculars to an indoor shoot anymore just because I don't want to be that guy that's just, you know, throws the binos up as soon as he shoots one, set them back down, shoot your next arrow, throw them back up as soon as he shoots it to, to see where it's at. You know, I just kind of just let all three fly and then I'll worry about it whenever I get down there to the, to the bale. And I mean, I have a, a little range finder with me where I can kind of get an idea where like, you know, at the very beginning, I try to pay attention to if it's hitting a little right or if it's hitting a little left or up and down or whatever, just kind of get my bearings on that side. But once the round starts, I try to not even touch that thing. So I just, so I'm not worried about, you know, where my arrow hit or what my score is or, Oh man, I just, I just almost dropped that nine or man, it's so close. I don't know. Or, you know, something like that. So it's just to try to keep my mind off of that. I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't think there's much benefit to glassing a mid round if you're if you're at a new venue and you're looking for the purpose of sighting in i think that could be beneficial but nothing about that arrow that you've already shot needs to influence the next one because you got to have that 100 percent confident this one's going in the middle next time i draw that bow back that one's going in the middle third arrow we're only shooting three that one's going in the middle too and i don't think looking at it it can only hurt you if it's out or if it's close you know, yeah, I don't think, think, oh man, I just missed that arrow. <laughs> I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. The guy next to me is looking over like, a, did you, did you collapse your bow blow up on you? you? You shot my target, bud. 
was like, my bad, my bad. Did it again. I'm sorry. It's happened. Um, Dave was going to ask something. I was going to say the one thing you don't want to do is on the first shot of the first practice end is have that thumb on the button <laughs> because you will bloody your lip for about five minutes. I'm just going to tell yeah. you that right now. That yeah, first I was going to say, how's that, how's that lip feeling? He shot the head. <laughs> They've had what? It's quite tender. <laughs> I, I bet it looked like it hurt. Dave had him a little misfire on the release I, button I there. Yeah, and 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 uh, who was it? I think when I got, um, everybody was asking, "Well, what happened? What happened? Did the misfire?" I said, "No, my thumb was on it. It was that simple." <laughs> I mean, there was that was the only thing. My no, it was my thumb. It it worked just fine after that. It, my thumb got on it, and pulling it back, you pull it back. <laughs> mm, so, yeah, yeah. It I, now I will admit those next two arrows after that, that was harsh because I was pulling it way away from my face just to make sure it was working good. <laughs> Jeremy, back in the summertime for field, I thought you were shooting the orange Carter hinge for some reason. I thought you were shooting a hinge last this past summer. Did you switch over to a button? I was. Uh, so yeah, so I was shooting a, a Carter Total Control, um, which is a which is a two moon hinge um, that I and I liked it. Uh, I shot shot pretty well with it and everything. The one thing that I noticed was that. Sometimes, especially in like extreme pressure situations, it would feel like the shot took forever for it to go off. Like I could get to the click and I had it set pretty hot where, you know, normally sitting around the house shooting. I mean, it's just it's going off fast. I like a really fast shot. Um, that's because I, I'm, you know, everybody has a shot window. Um, I my my favorite time to shoot or my most stable time is within that first few seconds of getting it onto the target. I, I like for it to go relatively quickly. And so, uh, I shot the shot that, that hinge and, um, decided, you know, I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a button a try. So I gave a button a try. I tried the true ball goal or true ball goat. And so whenever I was shooting that goat, I really, really liked it. I could set it really hot but I could set it to where whenever I come in and just put my thumb on that, on that button, I just give it a little bit of pull and it'll, I mean, it would go off really quickly and I shot some great scores with it, but I, I liked how crisp and how well I shot a thumb button. And I mean, I'm not punching it or anything. I mean, just how I could get it set up. So I had shot a, uh, a stand thumb button, the Onyx, uh, thumb button uh, a while back, but I, I was at the point where I was like just real punchy with it, but I liked how it felt. I liked how it felt in my hand. I liked how it released, um, just how, how the whole release felt, how the adjustability was on it. Well, Josh Jacobson was getting rid of a, uh, of a stand clicker that was brass. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to go ahead and pick that up. So I, I bought that from him, got it in, I really would. I, I thought the clicker was going to be kind of different, but how they have it set up, it's all adjusted off of one screw, and I wasn't too big of a fan of that. So I have it set hot enough that like the it doesn't even click. Uh, but I have it set where I can come to anchor, 
place my thumb very lightly on the on that barrel and then just pull into it and it, it goes off and I love the way it feels. Um, it's it's a great shooting release, so that's why I kind of got away from the from the hinge for right now. I mean, I may go back to the hinge. I still have, I have that that total control and a brass, and then that aluminum one. Uh, but as of right now, I'm just shooting the uh, I'm shooting that that thumb button so well. I just I don't think I'm going to go away from it anytime soon. I wouldn't change much based on the way you're shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had my, my first 60 X game in a five spot, uh, earlier this month, the second week that I had that bow. So, uh, and I was shooting that, that stand at that point. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to stick with it for a while. I don't, I don't blame you. How close to, uh, how close to tournament day, are you done making changes on your bow? We had a, some of our listeners were, were curious as to how much tinkering is too tink, too much tinkering and how late is too late to make a change. Um, so it depends on what kind of change you're looking at making. Um, draw length change, uh, poundage change. Well, I wouldn't, wouldn't even necessarily say poundage change. Uh, like a, like a let off change. Um, I would probably not do it within like a week of, of the, the tournament. Um, personally, I, I don't, I wouldn't do that because you get so used to shooting a certain let off. Uh, you should get used to shooting a certain, certain holding weight that, you know, if you, if you change that, it may, it may be for the worse. I mean, it could be good. I mean, you, you might, you might like that, but uh, as far as like stabilizers or something, you know, something medial like that, I I was changing some weights in the middle of the tournament because I noticed that my hold was doing something. It was moving a little more than what it had been previously uh, in some of the other tournaments that I'd shot. And I'm a I was telling Dave about it. I, I'm a firm believer in that you get used to the amount of weight that's on your bow and that's on your stabilizers and that eventually that weight isn't going to work for you. I mean, stabilizer weight is a, is a constant changing thing. What works one day may not work the next day, or, you know, it, it, it always, it always is adjustable. So um, like during the tournament, during the frozen Oki shoot, um, I put, I, I tried something I'd, I've been, you know, I'm running almost equal on weight. So I tried doing, I was running 19 on the front and 21 on the back. And so I tried, uh, 22 on the back and 20 on the front. Tried that. It held great, was holding really good, but I noticed that I was dropping out. I'd, my arrow would be just a little low. And so what I figured that would be was that the bow just weighed a little too much, that I wasn't able to hold through the follow through enough to be able to keep that arrow in the center. And then I was just kind of dropping my, my bow hand a little bit. So I was hitting a little lower. Um, so I took one of the ounces off the back cleaned everything up and and so with weights i would say you know you can change them there on the spot i think that's it, it doesn't hurt necessarily as long as you're not like adding like five or ten ounces on your on your bow especially on like a sidebar or something where it's going to completely change your tune then i wouldn't necessarily recommend that but maybe throwing like one ounce or or something half an ounce or anything like that just to kind of 
give it a little bit of change where you're, you know, you're, you're kind of giving it a little bit more bias on there, I think doesn't hurt whatsoever. So there's some stuff that you're. So you shoot that one with your sidebar. You shoot that one with your sidebar. You like a little bias in it where you've got to kind of hold up against a wall. I, I do. Um, and it's not, it's not a lot. Like I think it's, um, if I remember correctly, I think it's only like three degrees out from, from the bow. Um, I'm running that, that shrewd, um, uh, axis, I think is what it's called. The, the sidebar mount, I'm running that shrewd sidebar mount. And it's at like, I think like three on there, like a three degree out, which isn't, isn't a whole lot, but I'm only running a 12 inch back bar. So it's, it's very, it's not like a 15 or anything. So it's not, not putting a whole lot of, of press on there. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not pulling really, really hard to the left. Um, it's just putting enough in there to where it just kind of seats in my hand and it steadies up that bubble. How about uh, magnification? Are you shooting a six power? I am. So I'm shooting a yeah six power center drilled lens, uh, center drilled with a .029, and then I took a little black paint and just kind of painted around the outside of the the drilled part to just kind of give it some contrast so I can see that that fiber. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's a uh, so. Um, I get, I get a lot of things from a lot of people and it may, may sound like just kind of regurgitating information, but um, John Dudley talks about, or talked about back in the day, they would before like stick, like before dot stickers were readily available, they would just take paint and just put a little dot in the center of their lens to get the, get the colors. Or if they had a, if they did have a sticker or something on there, then they could do like a little contrast dot in the center of it with like his favorite green puts a little green dot in the center of that the little dot of green paint in the center of that black dot. And it kind of gives it a little contrast. And so I was like, you know what? I'm like, I may just go ahead and try that. So I just painted it. Cause I tried doing a sticker on there and tried poking the, the fiber through, but I didn't like the size sticker that I could do that with. I didn't like how much it covered. Um, I only like it to cover up about the size of the X um, on a, on a three spot at 20 yards. So so with the sticker size that it would take or took for that, it would kind of pull it into that that drilled hole whenever I put that fiber through. And so I I didn't really like that. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to paint it and just see how that works. And it worked pretty well. <laughs> That's cool. No, I had not ever heard that like that. Um, someday we'll get you to take that completely off. Yeah, I'd. Be be happy to. I was showing. I showed a couple people whenever I was over there at the Frozen Oki. Um, I was telling them about that uh, about that drilled drilled fiber, and then just kind of painting around the outside of it. And uh, so yeah. maybe we'll see some more people with that. Does it stop your pin from start starburst? I know for US Archer you don't have a light on it, but you shoot that same thing when you go to different you know indoor outdoor. Does it does the the color of the fiber pop better around, with the dark circle around it? Yeah, so I've I've noticed. So I don't run a light on mine at all. Uh, even even shooting um, like uh, a TFAA event or um, any or like an NFAA deal, I I don't. Even if I can run a light, I'm not running a light on that that uh, drilled fiber right now. 
Um, I haven't tried it outside. I, I actually have a, I have another housing that I put in there that I have a, a, a point or a, a 15 thou um, fiber pin that I kind of turn at a slight angle. And so that's what I'm kind of running on my outdoor stuff. Uh, but I haven't tried using the, the actual um, fiber on that. I may give that a try this year, I think, uh, see kind of how that, how that works. But as far as like on a, on a five spot, I can actually see that it doesn't like starburst or anything. Like it doesn't really like light up like a, like if you were to put a light on there um, it's, it's so short of a fiber. I mean, you can just see just kind of like a, a little white spot in the middle of that black. And so it, it really contrasts it against the uh, that white of a, of a Vegas or of a uh, NFA five spot target. Wasn't that crazy there at the range this weekend when that guy's arrow broke halfway? Yeah. Uh, Do you remember that? And, and so I've, I like he was shooting uh, victory arrows as well. And I've never seen that happen. Like I have, uh, so I, I've shot some, some VTACs for for 3d like practicing for 3d i've like robin hooded one to where i completely blew the whole the whole arrow to pieces that was in the target and the other arrow bounce out go over there flex it everything's perfectly fine on it no splinters no cracks no nothing throw it back in the in the quiver and go ahead and shoot it again and i mean it's it's perfectly fine so i don't know if you had something like fall on it that you know hit it at like that perfect angle that kind of put a little indention in some of that carbon or something that made it weak and that's why it, i mean because that thing was like a, a straight cut i mean it wasn't shattered you know like yeah. like you would think like a like a, a damaged arrow would or like it broke like a damaged arrow would be it didn't break like it was just some kind of you know manufactured issue it just seemed like something like no, either something no. fell on it that kind of cracked it or i don't know but yeah it was I'm really glad that he didn't have any sort of other, you know, something bad happen, like an arrow in the hand or a blown up bow or, you know, something like that, especially right in the middle of that round. I It was freakish. I was actually watching him. I, I, I was sitting right behind him, and I was just looking right out, and I seriously, it was a foot in front of his bow, and I watched that thing snap. And I watched half of it fall, and I'm like, oh, my. And about that time, that's when everybody started realizing what happened. And I was sitting there going, and I told him, I said, dude, I just watched your arrow break in half. Is that what happened? I said, yeah, your arrow snapped in half right in front of your bow. Well, and it, he was talking to uh, Chris. It was afterwards. Mm -hmm. He went to put his equipment up, and there was something, and I didn't catch what it was. It was something he was doing when he was storing his equipment. He caught, oh. he realized it then. His other arrows was hitting something in his bow case, and it was right in that spot. So, yeah, it was something he was doing, and that's what caused it. But, yeah, what a freak accident, and nothing happened to his equipment or to him. It was crazy. Jeremy, you gave us lots of good ad advice that you'd gotten from other people because you said you'd been shooting for just a little bit of time. You got pretty good pretty quick. My question is, what is some advice that 
or some or a, a a notion of archery that you wish you would not have listened to if you could go back a year or two as good as you got as quick as you did what slowed you down the most what is some what is some either it doesn't have to be bad advice you don't have to name drop anybody but what is some maybe a thought you were chasing your own tail on or what's something that that slowed you down trying to do if you were telling somebody that was just getting into target archery you're like how are you going to save them some time? Uh, I'd probably say that the that the newest equipment is the best equipment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, you don't have to have the the brand new. Not I mean not not throwing anything out there, but you don't have to have the brand new title and the brand new stabilizers that go with that and the whole three thousand dollar rig just to you know to be able to compete. I mean, there's there's guys that go out there and they have, you know, an older bow. I've, I've seen some guys go out there with, you know, some bows that they're not even making anymore. The, um, like for instance, like a, uh, Oh goodness. What is that one? The it's the one, the one that was right before the citation. Um, the, the PSE, uh, Form X. the perform X. X. I know some guys that go out there with the perform X and just, I mean, hammer it. I mean, just absolutely kill it out there. And so you don't have to have like the, the brand new stuff. And cause then you can use that, you can use that money towards, towards other things like going, like the thing that I'd recommend the most is go to as many shoots as you can go put yourself in as many pressure situations as you possibly can. But I think the, you know, we talk about the, the, the negative side, the negative uh, stuff on, you know, having to have the brand new things, the brand new $500 site and the brand new um, $400 scope and, you know, all this, all this new stuff, whenever you can get by with some, some older things, some used stuff, you know, from people and, and save some money and be able to use that to actually go to some shoots. Uh, I'd say the, the biggest thing that would help is, you know, not necessarily focus on like, I would say practice, you know, I mean, that's my thing. I mean, whenever I was, whenever I was starting, I think the thing that made me the, made me as good as I am now is I worked close to my house. And so I could go shoot. I'd go shoot a lot. I would shoot in the morning before work. I would come home at lunch and I'd shoot for like 30, 40 minutes at lunch. I'd go back to work and then I'd come home. Um, and this is before my son and everything, but then I'd go shoot as soon as I got home and I'd shoot for like three or four hours whenever I got home. And so I, I shot a lot. Um, I shoot quite a bit now too. It's not nearly as much, um, but whenever you get started, I think the, the large amounts of practice help. But uh, it's just going to going to shoots and putting yourself in situations, putting yourself under under pressure, and and you know seeing how how you handle it and working on your mental game is like the biggest parts to to help you out. Jeremy, we really appreciate you coming on. Give us a give every anything anybody or any sponsors anybody a shout out, man. What do you what do you tell tell us who who's helped you out? So uh, so Alvarado Archery has helped me out quite a bit. They're over in Alvarado, Texas. Um, they got me on a on a staff deal, a shooter staff deal with Bowtech right now, uh, where I'm shooting through the shop. Uh, for that. So, so there, they've been a huge, huge help and huge, huge influence on there. I mean, they've been, they've been some great people. Um, 
love the whole team, love the love the shop. The the owners fantastic. So got to give them a shout out on there. Uh, I shoot for I shoot victory arrows. Uh, shoot for shoot on the pro staff for victory. Um, absolutely love their stuff. I mean, I cannot fathom shooting any other arrows. I mean, I just lo- I just absolutely love victory arrows. Uh, shoot for uh, I've shot for Shrewd for the past couple of years. Uh, they're great, great company. Uh, I mean, they're their fit and finish is phenomenal. Uh, shoot for uh, Flex Fletch Veins. Um, I mean, I I personally love a, a, a softer, a little bit softer vein, and the, the recovery of those veins is just amazing. I mean, I've shot through so many targets, and you pull the – I mean, you can grab it by the veins and pull that arrow out and let go of it, and a few minutes later they're back to exactly what they were whenever the, before they went in. So, uh, so shout out to Flex Fletch for, for their amazing products because they've, they've saved me a ton of, of having to refletch because my veins were, you know, bent over or messed up from, from going through some of my targets because I don't shoot the best targets in the world. So, uh, so shout out to them and, um, and Trueball, uh, shoot for Trueball. So, uh, absolutely love the the xl xp site it's it's a great site i mean plus all the colors you know you, you can have that matching ball so it's you know gotta gotta love that too but uh but just solid solid equipment cool where, where can anybody follow yet do you have anything facebook or pinterest or youtube or or, or anywhere where, where can someone look for you so uh so they can find me on facebook um it's uh jeremy b archery i think or that's uh so my instagram is jeremy underscore b underscore archery and then my facebook page is going to be uh jeremy balderama archery um so my last name can be kind of hard to spell uh it's just like think of it as like Wilmer Valderrama from uh, from that '70s show, Fez. Same exact thing, just with a with a B instead of a V. So so yeah, so they can they can find I, me on there. So it's <laughs> I'm gonna have to call you Fez next time. I mean that that simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and I, someone's gonna actually, look at us and look at me and go, "You root son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But that's the two main things that I'm on. I'm not. I, I tried Twitter. I got banned from Twitter within a matter of seconds. Like I didn't even make it 24 hours. Uh, and it wasn't. It wasn't even anything. Like I didn't even post anything bad. I just kind of. I made two posts, and it was like, your account has been locked. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I've wow. never I've never figured out Twitter. I I can't get it down to 160 characters. I'm I, I'm just long winded. Um. Or I don't know how to get to the point and make it and shut up. I just kind of ramble yeah. for also happens. I, I think it's because I use the word shoot, and and it said that I just like I I was against their community standards, and I mean it was literally like two posts. One I introduced myself on there, and then the second post I was talking about going to shoot the frozen oaky, and then that that was it. I I logged in one day and it said that, or I logged in like literally that next morning. And it said that my account was locked. So it's like maybe oh, okay. it was Lord Oki. They didn't want us on there. 
that that could be it. That makes sense. <laughs> Someone else in Texas blocked you because you talking about an Okie. <laughs> Probably. That, yeah. You know, the, the bad blood between Texas and Oklahoma state now. <laughs> you're, you're the one out there rocking the orange, man, that you do what you want. It's free country. Hey, but that, that orange isn't for UT. That orange is for Sam Houston State. My my alma mater. <laughs> we won't we won't lump you in with all the Texas fans. <laughs> it's a different orange, man. It's not even burnt orange. No, it's neon. <laughs> oh man, well, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and 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 humoring us. Um I just want you to know we'll be we'll be rooting for you. I know you're. Go, I know you got Vegas coming up here in a little while. It's going to be here before you know it. So, um, hope everybody's. You know, everybody here in Oklahoma is kind of rooting you on, and we'll, we'll we'll try to meet up in Vegas if if we make it there. Um, you know, hang out, rub elbows with some of the pros. Um, I know you're you're a lot more down to earth than a lot a lot of them. Some of them don't want to be don't want to be seen with talking to the amateurs and the nobodies, but. Um, we're, we're hoping you get out there and, and make some noise in your, in your first year in the pro class. Well, shoot, man, I appreciate it. And the, the one thing that I always say, uh, is that I'm a, I'm just an archer shooting in the pro class. I'm not a pro shooting in the pro class. So, uh, you know, it's, oh. it, I'm just, just an archer and I just want to shoot in the best class that there is. So, uh, so that's, that's that. I don't, I don't look at myself as any kind of professional and I mean, I'm not getting paid to go out there and shoot. So I'm. <laughs> I don't, I don't classify myself as a pro or as a, as a professional. I just, I'm an archer in the pro class. Still put your pants on one leg at a time, don't you? You don't No, You do two at the, two at a time. You just jump into it. <laughs> yeah. Just jump into it. That's just why I can't, I jumped uh, in the pro class. Man, I've been doing it wrong all these years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach you something one day, Neil. Uh, you're, pretty good, you're pretty good at it. I'll, I'll keep listening to you. <laughs> All right, man. I, I appreciate you. I won't. I won't keep you too long. I know you probably had a long day. Oh man, no, it wasn't too bad. But uh, man, I, I just want to say too, I appreciate y'all for for having me on here and um, for hanging out with me this past weekend while I was up there. You know, spanking all y'all and getting the high score um, and almost almost <laughs> the state record and everything. But you know, it, it'll be next year. <laughs> next year, that's right. Gotta have something to come back for. Exactly. Yeah, I plan on definitely coming back for sure. It was a it was a fun shoot, and I hope to see y'all at the uh, at IBA um, the Irving Bowhunters for the uh, field sectionals that's going to be coming up. You know, in uh, probably I think it's in. Want to say they have it in like June, somewhere around. Yeah, there? yeah. Let's go to Texas maybe, maybe. For, for the nice weather in June. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, it's no more problem. different than Oklahoma. No one, no one's died shooting field archery in June. No. This year, this year, just drink water. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't touch it. <laughs> All right, Dave, you want to take us home? Man, I do. I will. Um, Neil, thanks for for coming on, Jeremy. I really appreciate it, and um, look forward to a lot of good friendship uh, hashing back and forth that we've started. Um, anybody that listens to this i know you obviously know how to find it right here but we do go across all planes of the podcast world you can find us anywhere and everywhere man that's all i got to say is go shoot your bow um tweak it a week before the tournament and have fun